For the first time this season, the New Jersey Devils are on a three-game losing streak. So Lindy Ruff made changes to the lineup. Eric Hollow was robbed once again. And I got to go behind the scenes once more as a credentialed media member. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Got to go behind the scenes at the Prudential Center once again as a credentialed media member, and I have some good news to share with you guys. I am going to be a credentialed media member for the Devils for five more games before I have to go back to school in mid-January, so you're going to see me at The Rock a lot more often, and tonight, even though the New Jersey Devils came out on the losing end, I still had fun. Prior to the game, I actually met up with my buddy, Jersey Joe. He's a recurring guest on uh, this uh, series. He's a friend of the show, and I met him at American Whiskey, met him for the first time, because Jersey Joe and I have known each other for a good while, and this was the first time that we met face-to-face, so that was definitely cool to see. So shout-out to Jersey Joe. Had a lot of fun, even though it was a high-and-by kind of thing because I had to get into the press box. But still, always nice to meet uh, some people that I've had on my show before and actually meeting them in real life. So like I said, if you see me at the Prudential Center, don't be afraid to come and say hi. I love meeting new people. So shout-out to Jersey Joe, and he is definitely going to be back on this show in the near future. So In today's episode, we're going to talk about the changes to the lineup. So there were a couple of notable scratches for New Jersey Devils. One was to be expected. The other kind of caught some people off guard. And I actually spoke to Lindy Ruff uh, if he was uh, satisfied with the overall execution. I liked his answer, and I kind of do agree with him. However, I still do have my concerns. Then we're going to talk about Eric Halla, as it seems like he always continues to get stake bitten. And he was very frustrated during his post-game interview. He didn't get an attitude with me, but he was a little bit on edge. But luckily, he was able to answer my question. But still, I kind of understand where his frustration is stemming from. So we're going to talk about that because that was the big headline at the end of the story because the New Jersey Devils had a chance to tie the game. Rough Breeze blew their whistles maybe a touch too early. And as a result... It froze action instead of crediting Eric Hollow with his goal that could have tied the game. And people said that was the overall difference of the game because Eric Hollow, once again, should have been credited with that goal and it should have been a tie game. Well, that is true to an extent. However, there were some other things that led up and the New Jersey Devils, unfortunately, put themselves behind the eight ball once again. So we're going to talk about that in segment two. And then I'm going to give you guys my overall final thoughts. I had the pleasure of speaking to Eric Halla, Thomas Sattar, Akira Schmidt, and also Lindy Ruff. So let's start with the change to the lineup. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the line combinations for New Jersey Devils. And there were two notable scratches. One was Alexander Holtz. That was to be expected because Alexander Holtz, for some reason, he knows how to perform well in Utica, but when it comes to the NHL level, it seems like he's always playing with some like cylinder blocks on his skates or whatever the case might be. He's just sometimes seems to be out of place. He does have his moments here and there, but at the same time, it's just, it's never enough. I remember Alexander Holtz for too many bad things and not enough good things. And then the other one, and this was a long time coming, and I've talked about it on 
previous episodes before, but it is Brendan Smith. Now, here's the thing. I'm not here to knock on Brendan Smith. He is a great asset to the team, and he is a great leader in the locker room. However, I just feel as though like we should be giving some of our younger guys a chance to possibly fill in that extra defenseman role. So I talk about Kevin Ball, Luke Hughes in the future, Shimon the Mets. So you got other uh, prospects, including Riley Walsh, who might need a chance uh, to showcase what they could do. Nikita Ahotuk, maybe, just maybe Mason Gearston, but I don't see that happening anytime soon because Gearston was, he had like so many uh, penalties in the previous uh, Utica Comets game. And uh, I'm not going to touch on that, but digressing a little bit, the, the, the fact of the matter is this, the New Jersey Devils have a lot of young defensemen and signing Brendan Smith in the first place, I kind of get the mindset by Tom Fitzgerald, but overall, I, I, it just left me to ponder saying like, why are we giving uh, Brendan Smith that final defenseman role when it really should be going to one of our young guys? Like, shouldn't it be like a revolving door just to see who's ready for the NHL, who's making an impact, whatever the case might be? Well, uh, the, the overall mindset for Lindy Ruff was to get more speed out there because Dallas Stars are one of the best teams in the NHL. So you really got to put your A game out there. So uh, like I said, for Alexander Holtz, it's some, sometimes he, he's a little slow out there. He's a little lethargic. Sometimes he's a deer in headlights. And then for Brendan Smith, it's a little bit of the same thing. So I asked Lindy Ruff, was he satisfied with the overall execution of his changes to the lineup in, in order to maybe see a different outcome? Here was his answer. Lindy, you made some changes pregame. Uh, you just talked about uh, Brendan Smith being a healthy scratch and also Alexander Holtz being out of the lineup. So you made those adjustments. Were you uh, satisfied with the execution of the changes that you made in hopes of, uh, you know, of a different I, outcome? I thought, you know, Dallas a real good speed team. I thought we were able to match that. Uh, you know, they've got four or five guys that um, you really have to be aware of when you, you start talking about you know Hints and Robertson and even uh, Sagan. You got, you know, you got some guys that can really hump it up ice. And I thought for the most part, our guys did a good job. So, like I just said, the Dallas Stars are one of the best teams in the NHL, and uh, I, I do agree with Lindy Ruff to an extent because for period number one, you saw a difference of gameplay for a New Jersey Devils. So I actually have it up right now, and we're going to talk about the overall recap of period number one because here's what I was seeing based on my perspective up in the press box. So uh, it was a pretty nonchalant start for both respective teams. When the period was almost halfway done, the Stars had three shots on Akira Schmidt, whereas the Devils only had one on Scott Wedgwood. Both teams weren't giving an inch once the period ended. The Devils only had seven shots on goal, whereas the Stars only had five. Worth mentioning that the Devils had some good play calls towards the end of the period. It seems as though they were maintaining themselves in the offensive end uh, pretty well. However, the Stars didn't allow them any breathing room if they even got close to Wedgwood. And shout out to Scott Wedgwood. He put on a show in this game and he wanted his revenge and he got it once again. So thus the Devils weren't able to rebound some of the good shot attempts from people like Dawson Mercer or Jack Hughes. Because like I just said, the play calling was there for New Jersey Devils. The overall game plan or uh, planning in general was there, but the execution, once again, and it feels like I say this a lot this season, was lacking in some sort. So once again, when when good shot attempts were coming off the sticks of Dawson Mercer or Jack Hughes, the New Jersey Devils, it seems like they weren't really getting any like rebound control and, and they couldn't get anything going on Scott Wedgwood. So once again, every time 
uh, they got close to Scott Wedgwood or let a good shot go. It just seems like the Dallas Stars were in the right possible positioning to either not give the New Jersey Devils an inch of breathing room or just knock the puck away and make sure that Scott Wedgwood only has to make a save once per possession. So that was good play calling by the Dallas Stars. However, despite the Stars threatening within the final 30-second frame, the Devils seem to have been the team in control towards the end of the period. However, it was still scoreless uh, after one. But that was to be expected when two of the top teams in the NHL are battling one another. So once again, it, it what, looking at it from a bird's eye view, the execution for New Jersey Devils seemed a lot better because one of the things that I've been talking about is like it sometimes feels as though they get off to slow starts, but against the Dallas Stars, it, like I said, even though the Dallas Stars threatened within the final 30-second span, the Devils were able to maintain themselves and they led the shots on goal category, albeit they only had seven shots and it was uh, only by two, but still they led the shots on goal category after period number one. So changing the line combinations did seem to work for Devils in this sort of instance. And like I said, I, I was expecting a different outcome for New Jersey Devils, but what hindered them? Like what went wrong for the Devils? Well, when we're looking at period number two, what shifted? Well, the Devils got four shots to open up the period. At one point, they had a two-on-one opportunity, and McLeod just couldn't get it past Wedgwood. And as for the rebound opportunity, just too much traffic in the lane. And unfortunately, Eric Holoff, once again, this is like the he, – he felt victim like two or three times. I could count them just based on my um, – ju just based on my recap, which is he, he always seemed like he was in the right positioning but just could not find the back of the net. And once again, I can understand why Eric Holoff was a little ticked off when talking to the reporters, just because, like, he knew he had the opportunities. They were right there for him on a silver platter. Unfortunately, he just wasn't able to capitalize. So despite the strong start from the Devils, they didn't score first. It was the Dallas Stars. And unfortunately, it just looked like if the puck bounced and they were able to tip it on past us, uh, Akira Schmidt. And uh, I, I can't really blame Akira Schmidt in that case. That's just bad luck right there. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And sometimes it's good to be lucky. And that's how the Dallas stars got their first goal of the game. So once again, luck just not playing into the factor of the New Jersey Devils. So once again, to start period number two, the devils got off off and running. Unfortunately, they weren't able to maintain it. And then towards the end of period number two, like literally when there was only like three or so seconds left in the period, the devils allowed the stars to uh, go into the final period of regulation with the lead because the Devils let up another last-second goal. That cannot happen, and that's going to carry over into segment two, in which I talk about, like, yes, Eric Halla was robbed when the referees blew their whistles too early, but at the same time, the Devils put themselves into that position. So we'll talk about that momentarily. But going back to my point about the line changes uh, assessed by Lindy Ruff, I felt as though it was a smart move, but here's the thing. So it, it did work to some extent, but... Andreas Johnson was uh, playing in, re in replacement of Alexander Holtz. And then obviously on the defensive side of things, it was Kevin Ball. So when looking at the ice time for Andreas Johnson, he played five minutes and 51 seconds. And then when looking at Jesper Boquist, he played seven minutes and 53 seconds. And then when looking at their uh, line mate in this case, which was Fabian Zetterlin, Zetterlin played 14 minutes because at that point, Lindy Ruff was just like, you know what, Fabian Zetterlin needs to play with other people because he is not going to get anything out of Boquist or uh, Johnson in this case. And lo and behold, Fabian Zetterlin looked like he, he had like an extra kick in his step 
once once he was away from Boquist and Johnson. So once again, I like the overall game plan by Lindy Ruff, but unfortunately, you still are only playing with three lines, and that cannot happen, especially if you're playing against the best of the best. So I'm yes, it did work in this case, and yes, the New Jersey Devils did maintain themselves. They got off to a pretty decent start, even though the scoreboard didn't reflect it. But at the same time, it's just like you're still rocking with three lines out there because Andreas Johnson didn't really do anything, albeit like his plus minus was plus zero, and I'm okay with that. And the same could be said for Jesper Boquist because one of the things that I complained about Alexander Holtz, Jesper Boquist, and Yegor Sharangovich in the last game uh, in their little ice time, they either had a plus minus of negative one or a plus minus of negative two. So, And I'm just like, that can't happen. So you know uh, when they're on the rank, Bad things were going to happen. But Yegor Sharangovich, he was brought up to the BMW line, minus Bastion. And it looked like, once again, similar to Fabian Zetterlin, it looked like that Sharangovich had an extra kick in his step because he had five shots on goal. And he tied uh, for most shots on goal this game for the Devils alongside with Jesper Bratt, who also was robbed a couple of times this game. And Scott Wedgwood was just able to stop him in his tracks. But digressing a little bit. It's just like you see that from Yegor Sharangovich. I said that's why Sharangovich is the, the one not to be blamed on that fourth line of Boquist and also uh, Alexander Holtz just because I see more obvious potential in Yegor Sharangovich. Get him away from Holtz and Boquist, and Sharangovich is going to be just fine. Yes, he's a little inconsistent, but I still expect a lot more out of Sharangovich. And this game, he got in a secondary assist uh, thanks to the redirect off of uh, Miles Woodstick off the shot attempt from Kevin Ball, which was just uh, a great way for New Jersey Devils to answer on back after they let up the first goal of the game because Miles Wood got that goal, I think, a few minutes after the Dallas Stars scored. So just goes to show you, like, the Devils, they played a lot better this game. Unfortunately, it was just a case of the New Jersey Devils being a little unlucky and unfortunately uh, just not uh, closing out period strong, which is something I've been talking about in previous episodes as well. So we're going to talk more about that momentarily. But first, I want you guys to make some extra cash this holiday season. So I'm going to get you hip to BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all for you at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And now, let me tell you guys about Simply Safe. So at Locked On Devils, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safe, especially over the holidays this season. Give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Devils listeners 40% off a new security system, but don't put this off. So the thing with Simply Safe, it was named the best home security system of 2020 by US News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. So don't miss this chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. 
So when there were six minutes remaining in the game, the Devils were in desperate need of a goal. And it seems as though they had a lot of good opportunities leading up to that. But here's something that the referees once again missed. And this is what angered a lot of the fans in attendance at the Prudential Center. Because after the, this call was made, you heard a lot of boos. And then the chance refs you suck started to break on out. So here's, here's the situation. So it, it looked as though that there was bedlam on the crease of Scott Wedgwood's doorstep. Looked like that Scott Wedgwood originally had possession of the puck, but referees blow their whistles and uh, the play is dead. But it, when you look at the replay, you see that Lindell actually had control of the puck on the side of his skate. Eric Hollis saw it, and he was able to get it free from Lindell's skate, uh, try to whack at it, missed it at first, and then he swung at it again and found the back of the net. And it looked like that was going to be credited a goal, but the referees waved it off. The smoke from the uh, scoreboard that's, signals a goal was starting to come on down and it stopped immediately so those show you that even the uh production staff at the prudential center thought that is, that should have been a goal so here's my overall thought that should have been a goal the referees did blow their whistles a little too early and it did cost the new jersey devils because that could have tied the game and knowing the direction this game was heading in quite honestly the new jersey devils could have uh gone to another ot matchup and come away with at least something. So uh, coming away with at least one point as opposed to no points is obviously the better solution. But unfortunately, that's not how it went down. So the play was uh, ruled dead, and the New Jersey Devils were still trailing by a goal when there was a, a little over than six minutes remaining in the game. And that was costly, and that is frustrating. But here's the thing. The New Jersey Devils, like I said, they put themselves behind the eight ball because towards the end of period number two, they let up a, a, another goal that gave the Dallas Stars a lead heading into the final period of regulation when there was literally like three seconds remaining in that period. And like I just said, towards the end of period number one, the New Jersey Devils, it looked like they had control of the game, but in that final 30-second span, it was a little nerve-wracking because it seemed like the Dallas Stars were going to collapse the defense of the New Jersey Devils and score on Akira Schmidt. So even though that didn't come back to bite the Devils, you think that they would have at least tightened it up as the game progressed, but it didn't happen. So the Devils cannot keep allowing these last-second uh, goals because they're costly, they're back-breaking, and you saw what just happened. So the scoreboard doesn't do it justice because half of those goals by Dallas Stars were empty netters. So it, I'm, I'm not even going to uh, take those into consideration. But at the same time, you see what my point is, which is, yes, the Devils did get robbed. Eric Holla got robbed once again. He got snake bitten. He has bad luck. Whatever uh, phrase you want to throw at him, he should have had that goal. I firmly believe it. But at the same time, I'm not as pissed as the at the referees as some other people might be because, once again, the New Jersey Devils, it's their fault that they put themselves into that situation especially allowing that goal when there was only a few seconds, just a few seconds remaining in period number two. So the Devils really have no one but to blame but themselves in that case. So like I said, Eric Halla was robbed. He had a right to be a little ticked off in his post-game interview. And luckily he answered my questions. But at the same time, it's just like, I can kind of understand, I can see the frustration on one end, but at the same time, when looking at some other aspects like the New Jersey Devils letting up that last second goal or them not capitalizing on their power play opportunities, which is another struggle. And this is something that they need to work on because 
They're in the bottom tier when it comes to power play numbers. They're in the top 10 when it comes to penalty kills. So their penalty kill is nice, but their power play execution is lacking. And one of the things that Lady Ruff said was that they just don't have that like slap shot kind of player to help them on the power play. Now you could argue and say that it's Dougie Hamilton, but I find Dougie Hamilton more as a quarterback on the power play. Like I see him trying to set up for like Jack Hughes, Jesper Brad or Nico Heesh, whatever the case might be, which is why I love the idea but unfortunately, the reality is not coming into fruition. So that, that's basically what I see Dougie Hamilton on the power play for New Jersey Devils. I'm sure some people might have a difference of opinion. But digressing a little bit, the Devils had opportunities to try to tie this game. They had opportunities to keep it uh, tied like throughout the entirety of the game and not let the Dallas Stars take the lead late in the game. They, they had that opportunity. But unfortunately, they blew it. So, yes, you can be bad at the referees in that case, but you shouldn't be you, you shouldn't put all your eggs into one basket because at the end of the day, the Devils didn't execute on any other opportunities that they were given. So that's just my two cent opinion. So let me know what you guys think about that overall mindset when it came to Eric Holland and him getting robbed. And there were a couple other times where Eric Holland got robbed, and that seems like to be the name of the game. It feels like Pavel Zaka all over again. And um yeah, that's, that's where I stand with the uh, goal that uh, Eric Halla got taken away from him once again. Okay, so since I actually did get to go behind the scenes of the New Jersey Devils locker room, I was able to ask a few of the players uh, some questions. So for Akira Schmidt, he has shown tremendous improvement, and he had a great outing. I don't blame this loss on uh, Akira Schmidt whatsoever because he was able to have, like I believe, like three – point blank saves on the Dallas stars. Like, uh, and two of those three saves were back to back attempts. So like the Dallas stars tried letting a shot go and it didn't go in. Then they had another point blank opportunity and Akira Schmid was able to make the save. So uh, Akira Schmid, he is taking leaps and bounds and and it's a debate that we're going to have not to in the near distant future, which is like, What's going to happen to Mackenzie Blackwood? Because he's right now in Utica doing his rehab assignment. So it's just like you do have to start questioning, like, what's going to happen to the goalie situation? Can Jonathan Bernier return? That, that That's a complete separate thing. But at the same time, uh, Akira Schmidt, he has taken leaps and bounds of uh, just showing improvement. So I had to ask him, like, how he felt about that. You have shown tremendous improvement uh, compared to last year. What has the reception been like, whether it's from coaches, players, or the fans? I mean, great. Obviously, the fans, uh, you know, you can hear them pretty good. And then coaches, teammates, you know, just gaining the trust, um, which uh, means a lot and, and helps the whole team, you know, just uh, being comfortable with me and that too now this year. And I also asked Tomas Tatar what the New Jersey Devils are going to work on in the future. It's been very evident this season that you guys know how to bounce back from adversity. Obviously, you guys are in a bit of a rut. What are some of the things that you are that you guys are going to work on in order to uh, get out of this little bit of a slump? I mean, it's what we want to see here is work ethic, right? Like we want to see everybody working hard, you know, and that's going to give us a chance to win every night. So I think that's been our strength, you know, to have a fourth line and each line, you know, chipping in and then bring something to each game. So, I mean, I think that's our strength and the speed. So uh, 
you know, it's, you're not going to go through the season with, you know, only game-winning record. So, I mean, there's going to be some struggle. Uh, we will try to, you know, to improve and be better and bring it next game. And also for funsies, I'm going to show you some clips from Eric Holla's post-game discussions. I don't really know what to say to you right now. I mean, I... What would you? I mean, I don't know what kind of answer you expect. My, my point is simple. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't go in the corner. It didn't go in the net. It hit him in the chest. What do you want me to say? I don't. I mean, I. Uh, I just play the game. I mean, he has the whistle. He blows it. I don't. There's nothing I can do about it. That's. That's where I'd start. I don't know. And you're asking all, all tough questions right now. You're kind of. I mean, I think everything that you're asking is kind of self-explanatory. To be honest. Um, I mean. One second left, and they score to take the lead. So, how do you think that feels? Yeah, No, I. They just said that they had to cover, so I'm assuming they didn't see it. Eric, as a veteran on the team, what are some of the things you tell the younger guys? Because you obviously want to get out the rut. Yeah, I mean, just got to harp on that we're a good team, and and uh, you know. You know, we, we win the next next two games. We still win the week. You know, we get more points than we lost. So, you know, I, I just think we've we got to prepare here. Uh, we got to realize that we lost three three in a row, and and uh, you know, be a little bit be, be a little bit angry, disappointed, and uh, just get ready to put put our best game out there against Philly. So, like we do with every post game recap, I'm going to give you guys the stack comparisons, and then. I'm going to give you the final letter grade. So shots on goal differential, 36 to 32 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 56% and 44% in favor of the Stars. Power play, Stars were 0 for 1 and the Devils were 0 for 2. Hits, 19 to 9 in favor of the Stars. Blocks, 23 to 15 in favor of the Stars. Giveaways, 9 to 6 in favor of the Devils. So like I said for this game, the Devils did uh, they, they did put up a decent battle throughout the entirety of the game. Unfortunately, they let some opportunities slip past their fingertips, whether it was power play or just playing lackadaisical to close out uh, not once but twice. So in period number one and period number two, unfortunately for period number two, it just came back to bite them. So if I had to give a final letter grade for the Devils, they did put up a valiant effort and the scoreboard doesn't do them justice. So I'm going to give them a – B minus because like I said, it was a hard fought game. I like the idea of what Lindy Ruff is doing. Unfortunately, he's still only rocking with like three lines out there because Andreas Johnson and Jesper Boquist didn't really do anything. Akira Schmidt was fantastic in between the pipes and has shown tremendous improvement, making a lot of great clutch saves to keep the devils in it. And unfortunately it just wasn't the devil's night and that's going to happen. So I think they've improved uh, since the last game against the, uh, uh, against the New York Rangers in which they blew a 3-1 lead. But at the same time, it's not a win, and I know they're not big on moral victories. So let me know what you guys think in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. Uh, hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, or the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. And speaking of which, I'm only a few su subscribers away from 1,000 on YouTube, so please help me out. I would love to reach that milestone, and I it's just within grasp. And I'm going to be at the game on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers. So I hope to see some of you there. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed some of the behind-the-scenes action that I was able to get since I was a credentialed media member. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.